Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. You know, you get to meet some cool people when you are uh, able to leave your house, which we're able to leave our houses again, at least some of us are. Uh, and I had actually met uh, Angela uh, online uh, through LinkedIn and her partner, which we're going to talk about all of that in here in just a minute. And we finally had a chance to meet up at Jolt. And after sitting down and talking about who they are and what they're doing, just had to have them on the show because... You all know that we believe that you should have a marketing plan, that it should be very strategic, it should be measurable, and there should be actionable items based off of good data on the front end, which is everything that they do. And we're going to decompress and all sorts of deconstruct and lift up hoods and, and, and show you guys as much as we possibly can in this 30 minutes. So Angela, welcome to the show. Matt, thank you. What an honor. This is, I'm so excited. This is so much fun. I thoroughly enjoyed meeting you online when we met months ago. And then when we met in person at Jolt, that was just the icing on the cake. First of all, we were back in person and then we got to meet and talk about our businesses, be at the conference. It was great. So thank you for having me. We made lots of introductions. I mean, it was so much fun, right? Uh, because, you know, you guys know a bunch of people and I know a bunch of people and we were like, hey, you need to meet this person. I just, I absolutely love that stuff. Okay. So a pivotal thing happened in your career, and I'm going to give a, just a very quick backstory, just so everybody knows, uh, Angela has years and years and years, decades of marketing experience. It, she worked in a financial services practice, so she knows her stuff. So we're just going to put a pin in that. You guys just say, okay, well, we got that, Matt. Uh, but in, in, uh, in, 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 during the, the pandemic, right, you realized something needed to change. So I'm going to just kind of have you pick up from there, if that's all right. Everyone's career pivots and changes throughout their experience. At the time of the pandemic, everything in the world of marketing for advisors stopped. The events, the lunch and learns, clients were panicking, so advisors didn't want to be throwing out frivolous communications, so things stopped. Then my advisors that I worked with started to hear about virtual events. Meanwhile, I started doing my homework way before they came to me wanting to do virtual events. So we started adding some virtual events into the mix and they became more comfortable communicating with their clients, clients wanted to attend. Then we started bringing back in the written communications to digital communications, but that was only good for a couple months. Then when we realized the pandemic and everyone's way of life was, has changed, they wanted to know what to do. They said, Angela, we know we need a marketing plan to, to really have a path for the next three months, six months, 12 months. We don't know how we're going to live like this. What do we do? How do we do that? We obviously can't go back to the way we were doing it, the way our coaches told us to do it. You know, the symposium is in January, the Valentine's event is in February. We know that really doesn't sound right. Our clients need something more. What, what should we do? So it was at this point that I had met a woman by the name of Elise Stoner with Fresh Perspective Consulting, and her whole focus is event strategy. So during this whole time 
beginning time of the pandemic, we were brainstorming. And when I was starting to receive questions from my advisors, I had already known Elise for a year and a half now, I said to her, I said, you know, I'm getting these questions. Do you think that the model you've developed for event strategy would have a place to help solve this problem? Advisors don't want to spend the dollars that they were spending on big events and having no return on them. We threw some great parties. We threw thousands and thousands of dollars of client appreciation, wine tasting, you name it. It was great. But did they get a new client from it? Probably not. Do they know if they get a, got a new client from it? Probably not. Did their team do follow-up? No. So again, it was putting all the pieces together. I brought her in on a couple of projects because my clients needed more and I felt this was a good stepping stone. And it worked. We brought in strategic analysis to small events, virtual events at the time. Again, this was the, the very beginning of the pandemic. And there were success measurables. There was, um, they knew what new, who was coming. They knew who was bringing new guests. They were able to follow up with those new guests. So it was a success. And then we were asked to do a marketing plan. And then it just, it all fit. So we developed together custom strategic marketing plans for advisors. And we have a proprietary three-phase process that really digs into all that analysis and the data, creating a 12-month marketing plan on the back end. Now, my favorite thing about your process, this three-part process, is most people start at part two. <laughs> right. So as you were breaking this down, as we were kind of in the green room talking about this, most people start at part two because it's it's this egotistical component, I believe, and I could be wrong here, that well, the advisors say, well, I know what my clients want. Now, you told a wonderful story as we were getting kind of just warming up for the show. Can you tell the story about the research that you did about, with that one lady that she was so surprised about? Oh, my gosh. We have a client who when we have our pre-call before we go into the program and the analyses and we kind of ask you know what are your clients like what do they do where do they live where do they get their news and when i say live i mean facebook um, instagram internet not internet you know where do they live where do they get their news and we were talking about texting and she goes no my clients don't text i don't text them they don't want to be texted okay great we still include a series of questions about texting. All of her ideal clients preferred to receive major news and event information, not just confirming an appointment tomorrow at four. It was they wanted their economic updates. They wanted um, uh, economy update or if the market is down, they want the update. They want it via text. It, and it wasn't just one, it was all of them. It blew us away. And it just proved that to replicate your ideal clients, we need to talk to your ideal clients, not assume what you think your ideal clients are gonna want. It's like asking your spouse, um, saying, oh, I thought you'd like steak for dinner. 
you didn't ask them if they wanted steak. <laughs> you just assumed they like steak. And they said, no, I really don't want that tonight. You, you know, you know, that that's one of those things. And, and I've talked a lot about this on the show. Uh, you know, the number one reasons why marriages fall apart is because the, the clear expectations aren't consistently set and communicated. This is a marriage. The advisors have a long-term relationship with their clients, but they're not asking these questions. And, and do you feel that you get any resistance from your clients, uh, in this step one, this phase one, because uh, let's let's talk about what phase one really is a little bit more. And then I want you to tell me if that's something that that you get pushback from uh, on, on the process of what you do. So let's lift the hood up a little bit. Of course, behind the curtain of phase one, identifying and analyzing your ideal client. And we also can analyze your ideal referral partner, centers of influence, referral, par referral partner, however you, uh, whatever term you use. We can do both or we can do one or the other. It really depends on where the advisor is. Now, you mentioned advisors having resistance. The advisors that are at this point, uh, the ones that we meet, the ones that we work with, they are usually mid-career and they aren't working with everybody who has a bank account. They are mid-career they only really want to work with the clients they want to work with. They don't want the hard little clients or the clients they don't like. They have learned what clients, what people work with their personalities and work with their businesses. So when we bring this all up to them, they're like, where do I sign up? <laughs> They don't know what they don't know. And a lot of times I've just found that that was fear, right? So I remember many, many, many years ago when we were talking about advisory boards or advisory councils, and, and so many of my clients were terrified to do it because they were afraid of what their clients were going to say. Um, but I love how you're positioning this. And I love that this is step number one of three steps, right? If you don't really know where your clients live, what, what sort of stuff they consume, what they want, where they, you know, what they want from you and having that objective third party, you and your partner have these conversations. I just think that's absolutely powerful and fantastic. Thank you. And, you know, one of the first questions we get is, is this okay? Is it compliance approved? Well, it is. First of all, we look to the advisor to make the introduction and we actually have the introduction copy whether you wanted to email it or they wanted to get on the phone and it's just letting them know i'm taking my business to my practice to the next step and i'm looking at a marketing plan and custom strategic marketing plans for wealth advisors talks to my ideal clients and the clients actually are flattered because they're chosen as an ideal client they love it and there's no there's no problem with compliance everything we do our interviews are 100 confidential the advisor doesn't know what the client said they don't know we keep it all anonymous it's just between elise and i and then we have the answers to the questions the answers to the form and we then create raw data physical charts spreadsheets you know so you can graphs so you can see the data what buckets did we look at and where did they fall? And then that actually becomes very powerful because you can't really 
argue with me. <laughs> and their advisors, right, Angela? I mean, you just, you're, you're speaking their language, pie charts, bar graphs, you know, measurable, quantifiable sort of stuff. Okay, so this is different, right? And, and one of the reasons why I had so much fun hanging out with you guys in Vegas uh, wasn't for, you know, the, the food and the entertainment. It was because I was just so utterly fascinated that I met other people who understood the power of integrated marketing, right? And so I'm going to use a different word than you're using because you're talking about strategic marketing, but but integration. What happens most times is advisors will do one thing in an isolated, random, non-planned thing because they heard all these other advisors being successful. Then they wonder why it doesn't work and it's not integrated in anything else that has been planned. My favorite thing about advisors that just drives me the craziest is their planners, but they don't plan. So what, okay. So, so I think you and I are on the same page with that. Now let, let's talk about phase two. All right. So, so now you've got the data, you've got the raw stuff, you've had the conversation with the advisor, then what happens? So after phase one and we reconvene with the advisor and we've shown them the data we collected from usually at least six ideal clients or six referral partners, and we don't mix and match. So we're either doing the analysis on the ideal clients or ideal referral partners, COIs, at least six of them. So then we look and we answer questions. And then at that point, if they, if they're good with the data and the, what we found and kind of we kind of hint to what we recommend or the direction we're going so for example with the advisor whose ideal clients hands down wanted text marketing we we put you know what we recommended what we found so what was the data what we learned and a hint of where we think we should go with this so phase one's done we've had our call we have the green light to move forward so phase two we take the data and we look at several buckets, communications, which would be digital and written, events, and events not only are a, would be a client appreciation party, but an event, and Elise can get more into this in, in her podcast, an event is something that is a moment. It could be a sponsorship. It could be, it could be a mailing. It could be, um, something you've done with a podcast. It's an event. This is an event that we're doing right now. So it's not your typical wine and cheese pairing party. So we look at communications, we look at events, we look at public relations, and we look at philanthropy. Depending on the advisor and depending on things we've discussed in our pre-call, our phase one call, they may not be a candidate for a certain tactic. So maybe public relations, we don't feel we should go there, or maybe we're not, maybe depending on the plan we're creating, maybe we're only looking at two channels. So, but those are the four channels that are really in our wheelhouse. So we take the data and write a report about where we feel they should be, what tactics they should implement, very 30,000 foot view in regards to digital communications. Where will the data of the ideal client support that element, that tactic. And we write a report. What do we see? What are best practices? What do we recommend? Then we talk to them again and we see where their comfort level is. 
Um, perhaps they're just not into philanthropy, or perhaps they just don't want to do like a fun run or a food drive. That's just not their thing, but they are philanthropic in their own way. So we take their, because if they're not comfortable doing something, they're not going to do it. So we look at their comfort level and then we close phase two. Then we go to phase three, which is creating this marketing plan, a 12 month marketing plan um, where we alluded to in the 30,000 foot report in each bucket, then we start layering. So for example, we recommend, let's say we recommend social media posts and we recommend a certain platform. Then we lay out the calendar physically, uh, you know, columns for January, February, March, we go down the list and we put where we think that tactic should be and make, give some best practices. We talk about what we feel their measurables should be. And we also then talk about who should be responsible. Is it somebody on their team? Is it somebody they outsource? I mean, not every advisor has a podcast professional sitting right next to them. So that's where PodMath comes in. We would say, we recommend you doing podcasts or being a part of someone else's podcast. This is who the point person should be. So it's not very granular, but it's not 30,000 foot. So we're, basically they can take the plan and it's a roadmap and their team or themselves can look at it and then say, okay, well, January, I want to have an investment symposium. The target market is going to be my clients and my prospects and maybe my referral partners. And Jenny is going to be the point person in the office to make that happen. So that's the full process and phase through is there. Okay, well, so, so that's all, that's all well and good. And, and one of the other things that I loved about what you and Elise have created is <laughs> come on, uh, you did all this great work and they've got a roadmap, uh, but advisors, they're going to chase the next shiny object, right? I mean, so, so you have an, uh, another layer phase four necessarily, but let's talk about the implementation part that you guys can offer. Absolutely. So there is a phase four. Sometimes we include it in our initial proposal and plan, depending on the structure of the advisory firm. And sometimes we wait and we propose it as a separate entity when we uh, are getting close to phase three. It really depends on if there's a whole team, if there's one person, if there was one person and they're in limbo looking for that new next person. Uh, but what phase four looks like is we can create the marketing plan and turn it over. But this will date me. A long, long time ago, I worked in, an, in advertising agencies when we printed brochures. This is before my advisory firm experience. We printed brochures and the nurse practitioner or the receptionist, they would stick them in a closet because they didn't want one more thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and the brochures were never used. So surprisingly and shockingly, when I was at the advertising agency, we started an implementation department. That was way back then. So it's the same concept. We can turn it over if we feel confident that their team can actually implement it. Usually at the very minimum, we will include four quarterly 
check-in calls, post turning over the plan at a very minimum, just so we can see, okay, is it in the closet and is it in a desk drawer or are you actually working on it? But typically where the advisors need help is they have somebody who is in charge of marketing, but they're also in charge of operations and HR and client paperwork, <laughs> everything else. So they need a little coaching. So I've been doing advisor marketing for decades and I know the questions to ask when you're booking a venue. I know the questions to ask when you're talking to a wholesaler who possibly can fund the event. So we offer coaching and we usually will, will offer it in packages, you know, 10 calls, 12 calls, 24 calls. So it could work out to a coaching call a month. It could be to a month, but we, we don't, we're not rigid with that structure, which is why we offer the number of calls. So if they want to front load three calls in a month to get going, which is we actually recommend that we can do that. So where most of our advisors live is we are coaching their team on best practices and implementation and asking questions and bringing in our network. Since we have a huge network between the two of us of vendors that can fill those needs the podcasters, the video experts, the social media people. We we know marketing, but we I'm we're not going to sit there and write the social media posts or be the podcaster. That's not our wheelhouse, but we'll quarterback everything and we can introduce our network to. You know, so th there's so much there uh, and I'm I'm going to digress uh, for for a moment because Number one, not only are you hitting on something that seems to be a huge trend and a very, very important philosophical shift in an advisor's brain, which is who, not how, right? So Dan Sullivan came out with this book, Who, Not How. And the idea here is to stop trying to be an expert at everything. Find other people who can do it better than you because your time should be spent here in what he would refer to as your unique, unique ability. And Angela, that's what I loved about you guys is that is your model to the core. You guys know what you're very good at, and then you're going to outsource the how uh, or the who uh, or the actual execution to all of these people who you vetted. Uh, and because you guys do some serious due diligence, I mean, you guys ran me through the ringer uh, the, with, with questions, which was wonderful. Uh, and I, I greatly appreciate your level of due diligence because that's going to increase the confidence for the advisor. But all of you who are listening to this, you know, most of you don't have any of these three faces, let alone any sort of accountability and planning on the back end. Um, and then when you know that you've hired these quarterbacks who know huge, powerful, experienced, high quality people uh, in, in our ecosystem that they can say, OK, look, you know, hey, you you uh, I want you to use this social media person or this copywriter or whatever. You know, that's when everything can change. So this who not how kind of new mind space for uh, experts, you guys live that to your core. And I, I just wanted to highlight that and say, thank you for that. Because, um, you know, you guys could have, because you're both unbelievably intelligent, successful people that you could have created a podcasting company and a social media company. You could have done all of this. You guys could have done it, right? But you guys realize, look, this is the unique ability that we're bringing to the marketplace. And so we're going to be able to outsource the rest. And, and uh, I just think that that's a great business model. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, appreciate that. One, I don't want to exclude the advisor who really does want to do marketing, but they don't have a team. And maybe their one person really can't take on marketing because she, she or he is doing all the paperwork and 
it's just not a possibility, but they really, they know it's out there. They have an affinity to it. That's where we can come in as the experts, not only to quarterback it, but we can handle it all. We can handle all the implementation from A to Z. Most of the advisors live in the middle tier where we coach their team. And then some of them actually move to us implementing it because their team's getting too overloaded. Yeah, their team's like, so- uncle, uncle, <laughs> uncle. Yeah. So I don't want to exclude the advisor who um, doesn't have a team, doesn't plan to have a team, or just has one person, or maybe it's a spouse helping them. And But they they see everything out there and they want to put it all together. So we absolutely, between the two of us, can come in as their outsourced marketing team. And you hit on a great point. It is the advisor who has an affinity for marketing. It's an advisor who isn't afraid to outsource that is our ideal client and this works the best for them. And it works unbelievable, right? And, and that's that was our whole business model. And in fact, uh, you know, and I were talking about that, you know, before we, we hit record today. Um, this is why I partnered with Kirk Lowe because we wanted to create something that advisors um, would trust the outsource to have somebody do everything they possibly could for them because advisors... I think there's a big change and the big change is um, old guys like me used to hang our hat on the fact that we were a jack of all trades, right? Well, that, that means you're mediocre at everything, right? Why don't you get excellent and amazing at one thing? So many people call themselves professionals, but they don't behave as professionals, right? You look at a, a professional golfer, basketball player, people who we really equate to professions, right? Right. Or, or doctors, surgeons, they do one thing. And, and you look at a surgeon, my, my old neighbor was an orthopedic surgeon. He would go in, he didn't even put the gloves on, right? I mean, he had somebody who did everything. And then he would do the surgery, he'd step back, they'd take all the stuff off, and then he would go to the next surgery room, right? Why aren't we looking at if financial services professionals at that level of professionalism and be able to bring in somebody like you and your team to really help them have marketing that they want. Now, Angela, here's the kicker, right? So I am, you did a great job of explaining who you are, what you do and who you do it for, right? And I always love to ask this. I am sure that there are going to be people listening to this show who want to know more about how they can engage with you. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Absolutely. So for your listeners only, we haven't done this before. There are three ways that they could engage with us. First, we're happy to have a phone call or a Zoom. Well, we'll take an hour, we'll listen to what you're doing, what your goals are, maybe give you some ideas and kind of see if this is a fit. Because the first piece that you said earlier is fear. You know, the first step to overcome that fear, and we hear it all the time, is I've done some events, I've done a podcast, I've written a book, but I don't know how to put it all together, or I did it, it cost me tens of thousands of dollars, I don't really know if I have a new client from it. Um, That's where we can help. I call it spaghetti marketing, Elise calls it throwing darts against the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever you want to call it, it's listening and figuring out how we can streamline it. So my Zoom is open, our phones are open, we're happy to have a complimentary discussion on what you're doing. And and some advisors, when we have these discussions, they may actually need 
to get their standard operating procedures in place. Mm -hmm. They may need to hire an assistant. They may need um, to have some coaching before they can even consider a plan. And we'll tell them that. So we'll look at all the pieces. So that's the first thing we can offer. The second is, the second is we have um, six essentials to creating a strategic marketing plan. Mm -hmm. So if you have a team or you're very savvy in it, but you're very interested in being strategic and doing some of the things that we've done to create the data of the ideal clients, we've actually written out the six essential steps. And I know, Matt, you'll put it in the show notes that they can download the six essentials. It's free. You just have to download it. Click on the darn it. link. <laughs> we're going to put it in the show notes. But you're going to sweeten this even more. So let, let's get to the super sweet sweet. Absolutely. So Elise and I created a mini program, phase one of our custom strategic marketing for wealth advisors. We decided we're going to take phase one, the ideal client and or the ideal referral partner, one or the other analysis and offer it to your listeners. We will go in and interview six of your ideal clients that you make the introduction to. We have an hour long conversation with them. We find out where they live, quote unquote where are they getting their news? What social media are they on? What are their demographics, their psychographics, all of that. If they go to a country club and we'll take the data and we'll create a report, we'll have the bar charts and the graphs and it'll all be anonymous. So you won't know what each individual client said. And then we present you the report and we have the conversation with you. And then you will have that data to take to your team, to integrate into your marketing. And we will do that just for your listeners, Matt. Gotcha. And uh, we'll make sure that, uh, so so the big thing is there's there's two things. N number one, uh, all of those links will be in the show notes and you guys can find out more about that. Uh, number two, please connect with Angela and Elise uh, on LinkedIn. They're, they're active. Uh, they're really good with DMs. That's a great way to, to communicate and also to see where they are, what they're doing and what they're thinking. Um, and, and, I wish I knew that you guys, and, and fundamentally, you actually didn't exist when I was still a coach, but how wonderful would it have been for, for you as a financial services professional to understand that you can hire somebody to create the plan that all of you are missing? You guys are missing this, right? We've talked about the importance of having a plan. You talk about the importance of having a plan as an advisor. This is the way to actually create a plan. And you all know when you have a plan created, you can follow the plan and implement the plan. And that's where change happens. This spaghetti, darts, whatever you want to call it, shiny object stuff that most of you are doing. Listen, everybody, you got to just stop it. Stop it. Right. You have to you have to recenter, refocus with good analysis and data, create a plan. You guys should be saying, wow, Matt, that sounds really familiar. Like I say that in my client meetings all the time. Yeah, you do, right? And then you review the plan with your clients and make adjustments accordingly based off of the data and the research, which is what uh, Angela and Elise's team does. So Angela, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for what you're doing for advisors. We really, really appreciate it. And, and you were an absolutely fantastic guest. And thank you for teaching everybody so much today. My pleasure, Matt. This has been so much fun. I love getting the word out. And thank you for having me on your podcast.
If you guys haven't subscribed to the show, make sure that you do. If you have not given us a rating or review on any of the players, please do. That would be also awesome. We're going to have all of the links that Angela was talking about in our show notes. And listen, here's the deal. If you haven't joined our Pod Rocket Academy for free, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's freaking free. Uh, find out how you can start your own podcast in our Podcasting 101 course. That would be absolutely fantastic. So for Elise and all of us here, uh, and Angela and all of us here at Proud Mouth, uh, I'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.